Morning, brother. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Considering that I currently am in a house without a bathroom or kitchen, I'm surviving. <laughs> I, I am. I'm surviving. It's been it's been an interesting two weeks. I have reintroduced myself to the world of bucket baths. Can't escape them. You can't escape. And you know what? I'm glad that I had been introduced to them early because I feel like somebody else right now would be in serious turmoil with their life if they hadn't had to to be had to learn how to what would the word be economize and yeah. be efficient it'll be the topic of all of their discussions <laughs> all of their first worlds complaining and i have to bathe in a bucket we every had, morning we had to bath in a sink <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's interesting you know you have to be grateful for this because i am officially middle class and it makes me sick I am, you know, talking, I'm, I'm in Zoom meetings and I have to apologise at the start of those meetings and say, I do apologise, I've got the builders in, you know, they're, they're doing the, uh, they're doing uh, some housework at the moment, they're doing a bit of renovation and it is the, it, it's a topic which a lot of people love. They're like, oh, what are you getting done? Oh, that sounds interesting. Oh, it's going to increase the value of your property, isn't it? Those, and it's like, oh God, I'm actually one of you now. Yep. They'll invite you to their other conversations about their, their accountants and their girlfriend trips. Yeah, yeah, true. And their uh, feta, cheese, stuffed peppers and their hummus. I'm not ready. No, I'm not. No, I still... Sometimes, just to be defiant, I'll go to Morley's. Just, just to reminisce. Yeah. And if- On that note, <laughs> I received a... Going off on a tangent, I received a, a flyer through my door. And my son currently is addicted to chicken nuggets. Yeah. Um, and it was one of those fast food joints put through the door. And he's like, chicken nuggets, chicken nuggets. So I picked up this flyer. Chicken nugger and chips in the drink is £6.50. No, it's not. I don't believe you. It's not. It is £6.50. It's not. I don't believe you. He was looking at it in awe. I was looking at it in disgust. Six. But I remember. I was... Do you remember Sam's? Was it Sam's in Peckham? What was that like? You could get like chips, wings, and a drink for like a pound fifty. One forty nine. One forty nine. We made a song about it. Remember Junior Special? Do you remember Junior Special? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Junior, if you listen, if you're listening to this and you've got no clue what we're talking about, it's still got to be on Google. Type in Junior Special. Um, special spelt S P E S H. This was possibly anthem. it was an anthem. It was possibly the um, the theme tune of of my teenagers. So I yeah, was that's honestly mortified. <laughs> no, I'm not. I, to this day, I can't do it. I'm not ready. I will not go in, put put money on the table for nuggets, chips, and a drink. And if I put ten pounds in, there's no way that you can give me coins back. <laughs> no, no. How about you, bro? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. You know, all jokes aside, it it does stress the importance of people being creative and harnessing their entrepreneurial spirit. I think it is a spirit. Um, if you also have noticed the increase in prices, then all we can do as a response is increase our net value. Yes. And increase the value that we give to the world through our services, through our products. But yeah, I'm good. I'm on that note. This seems planned. On that note, I'm really pleased about the value we gave Standout. You haven't mentioned that on this. We haven't, no. Yeah. Um, so, so Standout was a, a digital marketing seminar which you really championed um it, it was brilliant i was I was really proud of what was achieved i was really proud of the participants i was really proud mm. of the sessions to run and what that's going to lead to in terms of the accelerator program um, if you want more details about standout go onto the london virgin hair website and click on grow your business or go to concept group online and you'll find out more yeah Bobby, how did you find it I found it really good and I realised that I might have a bit of a problem, which is 
I love entrepreneurs. Like I love the spirit of entrepreneurship. And the concern for me is that when I meet somebody who is willing to take that leap and go, okay, you know, this is something that I want to build. It's a vision that I have in my head and I want to make it a reality and nothing's going to stop me. I just asked him, what do you need? What do you need from me? Um, because my view is that this is what we want to see more of and this is what we should be encouraging more of. But also, if if I had the support that I needed back when I was in my early 20s, only God knows where I would be in my journey now. Um, and so, so when I see people who maybe are having some of the challenges that we faced in, in our early careers, I really want to help them expedite that process. But the problem with that is you can potentially bite off more than you can chew. But it's just, it's lovely that, you know, you find so many passion people. And you might remember when we uh, had our discussion with Asia, one of the things that I said was that I loved the way she thought because she wasn't just a consumer. She was a builder. She wasn't somebody content with just, okay, well, you know, people are going to sell me things I'm going to receive. She was proactive in making sure that she understood the world around her. And I think that's one thing that a lot of entrepreneurs have in common. Um, and the event itself, the pitches were fantastic. Some really interesting uh, pitches. Uh, Chrissy Milan joined us to give a masterclass on influencers and influencer marketing, which was invaluable. Thanks, Chrissy. Um, honestly, Chrissy, we really appreciate it. And we're going to get you on the podcast soon. Um and our host, Menat, who really annoyed me. And she, the reason... You know those naturals, yeah. which are annoying? They just, just, they just do it. It's just in them. Men I just have to work and sweat. Yeah. Menas Khan, uh, who is a solicitor, legal counsel at a great company called Salesforce, reached out to her to be the host of the event because working for a tech company that works with a lot of small businesses. I thought she had some very useful insight, but also she's just a natural people person. I remember saying to her, you know, do you want to get involved? Do you want to run an event? She's like, I'd love to. I'd love to host, but I just don't know whether I'd be good at it. I don't know whether I could, you know, engage with people. And then when she actually led it, I was like, yeah, you're, you are a natural. Um, and... It, it, it actually is something that me and you need to talk about on this podcast, which is the art of communication. And I noticed some of the pitfalls that she had when preparing. So when she, and to be fair, some of the pitfalls that we can all have. So when she was writing down her notes during planning sessions and trying to, to run through what she would say at different points, she found it very difficult. As soon as she scrapped a piece of paper and had a couple of points that she wanted to raise and just spoke organically, everything just rolled off the tongue. That is the key. Potentially, it's an episode in itself. Yes. Yeah. Communication can be improved and it can be studied. Those who you believe are natural at it have often been harnessing and sharpening this in the darkness. Um, I... I remember stuttering as a child, not because I had to stutter, but because I, I got braces and I despised them. So I tried to speak without moving my lips, <laughs> which gave me some form of odd speech impediment. But then coincidentally and explicitly, I chose to almost focus on great communicators. And you learn that there are tricks to the trade. It is a science. Most things are. Mm. I think in every field, there are those who are just truly naturally gifted the Jordans of the world. Mm. But then there are those who've just worked phenomenally hard and became great. Now, we could all be that person who's worked phenomenally hard and became great. 100%. And it's, you know, whether you value that as a skill set, for me, it's something that everybody should try their best to harness. Nobody needs to be a Tony Robbins-style speaker um, or an Obama-level speaker, but I think everybody should have a basic competency when it comes to communicating your vision. It just helps so much in life, and it also makes you seem smarter. Um, I yes. think people look at you potentially 
as somebody who's more intelligent if you're able to clearly articulate what you're trying to say? It's just the credibility. Mm. It fascinates me to think that 300 years ago, you could get a free education in rhetoric. Yes. But not in maths. <laughs> That's how much they valued the art of communication. As in, let, let that sink in. And this is something which is still being pumped through the, the private schools. Rhetoric. Your ability to seem credible, to convey emotion, to convey logic and reason equally to convince someone is explicitly taught. Why? Because they're building leaders. Mm. And leaders need to be able to communicate their idea, their vision. Do you know who is a natural now that you mention it? She's just come to my mind. Lorraine Wright. So she's a serial mm. entrepreneur. And we watched her pitch at an event. I won't say which one. Um, but we watched her pitch at an event. And I remember speaking to her prior to it. And she was a little bit nervous. Um, and you know, for all of the sessions that I kind of engaged with her, communicated with her, um, you know, she was confident, but understated. As soon as she takes the stage by herself, she's a different person. Uh, and I think Presence. part of that is she is a natural performer. One of the companies that she uh, runs is a gospel choir talent agency which makes me aware that she's probably worked with a lot of natural performers her whole life and uh, is probably a performer herself. Uh, but yeah, when she takes that stage, she owns the stage. And it's really great to see. I was just, I was, I was taken aback just by how good she is as a, as a communicator. She takes the stage by storm. You're just swept by her. And there's nothing else you can focus on in that moment. It's not because she's loud. It's just that clarity and forcefulness and directness of message. Yeah, we need to it's talk to impressive. her about, about that because I want to know whether that is just how she was made <laughs> or whether this has been something that's been cultivated over time. We can go on. Oh, we've got a topic. We do have a topic, yeah. <laughs> um... So today we want to talk about something that we've received quite a lot of questions on. And it's something that I think we need to demystify for a lot of people who are new to the landscape of entrepreneurship, especially if they have a full-time job and aren't planning on giving that up for a very long time. So that's what we want to dig into, into today, which is how do you start a business potentially a side hustle or part-time business, something that maybe you want to one day be your full-time job. How do you start a business when you already have a full-time job? That's a challenge, people. It's, it's, an, it's an incredible one. And what I don't want to do, and I've, we've, we've mentioned it a few times, I don't want to give people any false ideas about what it means to have a business and also have a full-time job. It's incredibly rewarding and it's incredibly valuable, but it's also incredibly challenging. It's very difficult for, for, for many reasons that we'll probably talk, talk about now. And it's something that shouldn't be taken on lightly. You should be no. ready for uh, a significant change in lifestyle and be looking forward to it. You shouldn't just be ready for it. That's not true. You should be eagerly anticipating a change in lifestyle because of what added value it can bring you? It was most definitely the hardest thing I've ever done. Most definitely, without a shadow of a doubt. And it's one, whilst listening to you, you need to prepare everyone for, mm. not just yourself, but those around you. Yeah. Because it does impact everyone else. So so let's let's give an example of what we're talking about here. So what I'd like to ask you is simply what does a typical day in your life look like now and maybe we can contrast that with what a typical day looks like four or five years ago when you just started on your journey okay that's, that's a good contrast so if i focus on a monday my monday in essence started a few days prior potentially on the friday 
where plans for the following week were being made. So I, I cannot really enter a week without having concrete plans as to what I'm doing or when I'm doing it, simply because on paper I'm spinning too many things. And thus there needs to be clearly identified slots for all of those things to ensure that everything's being adequately served and I'm taking care of what's most important, um, family, friends, personal relationships, uh, faith. So the Monday is now me executing the previous plan. So the Monday will start roughly between 5 to 6 a.m. And this is me waking up, snoozing a little bit, waking up again. And it always starts with me saying a very, very brief, far too brief prayer, saying, thank you, Lord, for another day. It's usually like a song playing in my head. Um, <laughs> and I pick up my phone. And then what I'm doing through my phone is actually taking a note of major events which have occurred overnight. Um, we are a product provider who ship globally. And as a result, it's, it's everyone's daytime somewhere. And thus, messages are coming through, um, interactions are happening on social media. And I'm not necessarily engaging with them myself, but I want to stay fully abreast of what's happening during the daytimes in the UK, and the nighttimes in the UK, daytimes, nighttimes elsewhere. Um, I'll then get up and I'll get my son up. So we've got a ritual where I bathe my son like every day. Um, I'll get him ready, eating his breakfast. Um, I'll get ready myself. And then the conversation will happen between my wife and I as to who's dropping into nursery. This is pre-lockdown. Mm. Drop into nursery, make my way to work. By that time, I have gone through everything else which needs to be sent to our operations manager. And a message will be sent to our principal operations manager. It may have been sent as soon as I woke up where I knew actually I wouldn't have the time to later on, or it might be sent roughly at this time, maybe 7.30. I'm expecting that she won't open it until 9 a.m. And that will be just a little overview of key findings, key events from the last few days that she needs to be aware of, reminders of actions for the upcoming week. That's my almost bulletin for the business. Um, 7.30, 8 o'clock, I'm now focusing on my career. So I'm a uh, specialist leader in education. Um, I, I work in education, I, that's my passion. I'm able to focus on that and all of the interesting challenges and events for that for the next several hours. <laughs> Throughout the day, I will be getting notifications on my phone. I'll feel it vibrating, meetings, in lessons, I won't necessarily have to respond to them because there's a team now dealing with that. It's possible that come 5 p.m. I'm thinking, okay, at some point I might have to leave to go and pick my son from nursery. So I'm making my way to the car park, even earlier than I would have done before, looking at my phone, going through, is there anything important that needs to be responded to? I know that I would have been tagged in certain conversations, certain emails which have been left in my email box. Is there anything that needs to be responded to at that point? If I need to respond to them, I will do. Otherwise, I'm driving to pick up my son. I need to pick him up from nursery. Don't need to get a fine. Um, pick him up from nursery. An hour later, we're at home. Now at this point, this is where I really want to have sifted through and responded to all the messages that I've received. The reason I want to do this is the moment in which I'm parked outside, I only have my son to really demand my attention. And I've spent time driving with him, singing with him, playing with him, etc., etc. But the moment in which I step into my house, I've got to be a husband again to my wife, and I've got to be a father to my daughter. Suddenly I've got too many things pulling at me. So I need to ensure that I unload all the other baggage, which is all the emails and messages from work. So I'll happily, whether I'm in the car with my son or alone, sit there for maybe 15 minutes and just respond to everything. And then maybe sit there for another five to 10 minutes just to allow my mind to settle. Mm -hmm. I then enter the house and I start the second shift, as I call it, which is being a husband and being a parent. Um, feeding my son, ensuring that he gets his dinner, picking up my daughter, hearing about my wife's day, 
seeing what she's up to, hearing about her challenges being an entrepreneur, um, people who are requesting crazy prices for certain products, et cetera, et cetera, um, putting them to bed at seven and having that time with her. And some days there might be other things I'm involved in. So um, in my church, I do lead like youth groups. So sometimes there are events in the evenings. Um, on some occasions, there might be some kind of business that call that I'm involved in. So that might occur then as well, which eats into that evening time, which I'm grateful that my wife is kind enough to accept. But in the next phase of life, I need to ensure that those evenings are completely sacred for just family and friends. So that's current day and a lot of minor details left out but that's a rough overview of what it looks like okay i want to dig into that a little bit more before we move on to what it used to be like because there are a lot of people listening to this who are going to say i'm nowhere near there yet um and i want to know what it looked like when you started out but before we do that just want to touch on some of the things that you mentioned um, and this is going to be relevant to people, wh- whatever point they are in their journey, routine. So it's very clear that you've got a very structured day and a very structured approach to the way that you work. Now, how key do you believe it is for entrepreneurs to focus on routine? So some people may be a lot more reactive in their approach. So I'll see what comes my way on the day and just address it as it comes. What, what would your view be on kind of shaping the way that you approach your day? You are going to live and die by your routine. Point blank. Your routine is the secret to your success or the reason for your failure. You need to invest ample time planning just to plan. Yeah. Planning the process. How are things going to be done? When is the opportune time to do everything? If you are not doing that, you are highly stressed because you're constantly feeling like you're fighting a losing battle. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what people need to imagine is that the analogy I would give is that you're constantly rowing through turbulent waters. It's not a storm, but it's turbulent. Now, if you're constantly rowing through turbulent waters, you need to develop a rhythm to keep going. You want to be able to pace yourself to keep going. What you don't want to do is to exert all of your energy for a huge burst for an hour and then relax for a bit because you might capsize. Mm. You need to find that steady flow. Um, mm. the analogy, that's through just understanding what's to come ahead and planning for it and carrying on with that analogy obviously of rowing through turbulent waters i think the other picture that i would like to give people is just the idea of imagine in you know you're rowing through those difficult waters and maybe about a kilometer in the distance there are some jagged rocks that you need to avoid now a routine is planning the steps so that you can avoid those jagged rocks. If you are looking at things action by action, day by day, you could be blindly rowing into those jagged rocks and then find yourself in a very difficult position. One thing I say about entrepreneurs is that they don't live in the present, they live in the future. Because if they live in the present, then they're not going to be able to prepare for some of the unforeseen circumstances are going to come their way definitely the other thing that you mentioned which i thought was really pertinent was just the idea of giving your mind time to settle it's crucial i've learned that through failure i've gone straight in from thinking about career thinking about business and on both instances I'm, I'm trying to change things and trying to lead um, and thinking about the kids and thinking about family and having no rest period, no time for your mind to actually just cool down and to just to steal what's happened. Mm. And if, you, if you're constantly going at such a rapid pace, 
you are going to make mistakes. You are going to miss opportunities. You're going to miss things. And opportunities, not necessarily just in business, but in terms of family life, um, your partner might be speaking to you and you're not actually actively listening. Mm. Your, your kids might be requesting or saying something and you're not actively listening to understand the best response to what they are doing at that moment because you're not present. And yes, us entrepreneurs, we, we often are living in the future, but we've got to battle that once we are factoring family. Yeah. Once we've semi-exited beast mode and we're trying to ensure that our actions aren't negatively affecting other people, we have to have one foot in the present and one in the future constantly. It's interesting because I don't have any issue living in the future. My issue is living in the present. So I on, on my wallpaper, on my phone, the there, there's just some text, some very simple text, white screen, black back, um, sorry, yeah, white screen, black text, be present. And it's a constant reminder. Every time I look at my phone, you need to be present. And I think it depends on the type of person you are. If you're somebody who is constantly dwelling, if you're, I'd say if you're a very um, neurotic person, somebody who's very self-focused, you tend to live quite a lot in the present. Um, if, if you're a very conscientious person, then you tend to be living into the future. So it's not a, it's not a condemnation of who you are, whether you're a present thinker or a future thinker. It's just the personality type that you have. Now, if you are one of those people who finds yourself constantly in the present and struggles to live in the future, then you probably need to have some sort of prompt or reminder to be a forward thinker. Because there are going to be points of uh, brilliance where you think forward and you're like, that really helped. That was amazing. But it probably is going to come too far and, and few between. So you're probably going to need those prompts to help you think future. But similarly, if you're like me and you're a future thinker, you're going to need prompts to remind you, okay, this is not the time to be thinking about what's going to be happening a week from now. This is the time to be in the moment and be present. Um, if, if you're neither of those, if you're neither a future thinker or a present person, then I would say that you're probably in a position where you're in a, you're, you're sleepwalking. And what I mean by that is there are people who are unfortunately succumbing to the world that we live in, in the form of kind of advertising, social media, etc., who literally have all of their attention captivated by no offense, things that have no value whatsoever. Um, so if you find yourself, um, if, if you find yourself waking up and you're on social media and then it's nine o'clock and then you look at your phone again and it's two two thirty then you're probably somebody who needs to consider what kind of inputs you're getting into your life and how you can actually get out of that very difficult cycle and valuing your time mm. like actively valuing your time in the way that you want other people to value it because that person hypothetically probably thinks they're worth more than what they are showing themselves um, if they currently feel that they are worth more with their employer well what have they just shown themselves in the last what, five or six hours mm. in terms of productivity in terms of value and i'm not saying that each and every day must be one way you are being highly productive however Sorry. do something <laughs> read a book um, read an article learn something new be curious curiosity is something which is old fashioned now Yeah, it's, it's, it's left to toddlers but actually be curious you have posed questions before google them just start there and see where that takes you I love it so, so you, you've told me about what your present routine looks like a day in the life now let's rewind four years five years wow you're 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 kicking off your your pursuit into entrepreneurship you're building out a brand 
and it's basically just you. Um, okay. What does that look like? So if we went back to this time, July, let's say 2016, I would have woken up. I would have woken up between 2 and 4 a.m. And the reason I would have woken up between 2 and 4 a.m. is that I would have been processing the orders myself. Thank you, Shopify. Um, <laughs> I would have been processing orders from that evening, from the previous day. Um, I'll be doing that whilst potentially listening to a podcast. I, I used to listen to a great Tim Jakes at that time. Tony Robbins as well. Um, Les Brown. I, I listened to these people because I needed something to stop me from going insane. Because I, I realized what I was doing was completely crazy. Mm-hmm. And I'm waking up at these ungodly hours to wrap parcels. Um, that's what I was doing. I was feeding my, my spirit, my soul with nourishing ideas, interesting conversations, wrapping these parcels. I'll then start getting ready to go to work at like 5 a.m. because I need to get to the post office, the specific post office, um, which opens as far as the corner shop at 6 a.m. So I want to drop all the parcels there for 6 a.m. If I'm not able to drop all the parcels there at that time, I'm going to have to drop them later on. I'll explain how I'll do that. So I dropped the parcel there for 6 a.m., um, developed a relationship with, I'll say, I'll say his name, Raj, um, the postmaster. He would collect them for me. He would put them through. I would then be driving opposite direction to head to work. I'd get to work for like 7. I remember at that time, the only person in the car park was a man called Nick. Um, extreme hard worker. Extreme hard. He was always there just before me. And I would be preparing everything for that day um, and, and thinking about maybe the following day, preparing resources, uh, preparing initiatives, just ensuring that I was well equipped for 8am. Now between like 7.45 and 8am, that's when other people were starting to get in. I, I couldn't get in at that time. I needed my quiet time just to do it on their own because I can't be rude. I've got to engage in their conversation. They want to speak about how much fun they were having yesterday. They want to speak about the match. They want to speak about life you know interesting things i i needed quiet time uh, once again i've started the school day but on this occasion i'm finding opportunities in the day to respond to customer service emails so i have i won't have a tab on my laptop but i'll have my emails coming to my phone and during select times in the day i'm responding to queries or emails i'm responding to dms now you've got to imagine how much is flying in. It's almost impossible to do it all. Um, if I haven't been able to get the parcels to arrive at 6 a.m., I've contacted um, a friend at work to take the parcels to the post office for me. If he can't do that, I'm trying to race to the post office for around 4.45 um, with the idea that you know, I'm going to have to take work home and do it later on. If I don't have to go to the post at 4.45, around 5, 5.30, once again, I'm trying to go through all um, customer service queries. Customer service is a big one for me. Yeah. I pay many companies too much for them to email me back in four days. And it is just a common occurrence. And I've, I've grown to accept it, but not accept it in terms of my standard. Personally, I believe that if someone emails you and you're an entrepreneur and you really want it, that response needs to be back with them within three hours, unless it's on social hours. Get it back to them. You'll be surprised how many people will thank you for a quick reply because they're shocked by it. Because like me, they're paying major corporations money who are not going to email them back for four days. (laughs) Um, I'll get home now for, let's say, six and this is when I recruited my youngest, God bless them. Um, there were a couple of teenagers I knew locally who would help me wrap parcels between, let's say, like six and seven. One of them, God bless her, would wait for me in the snow outside mine um, and would wrap the parcels at that point. Everything which has gone through during the day, let's say an hour or two, I would drop her home, I would come back. 
would be maybe 8.30 or so. I'm trying at this point to eat something which is healthy because throughout the day I haven't been eating anything which is healthy. This period of my life was extremely, um, it was just horrendous for my, my health. <laughs> I, I remember saying to you, I had a year of not cooking. And as someone who enjoyed cooking, I, I went through a whole year of just, I didn't cook because it was just, I didn't have enough time to cook properly. So yeah, between 8.30 and 10, I'm just trying to unwind because I know, God willing, I have another early start. Why do I say God willing? Well, if I don't have to start between 2 and 4 a.m., it's because orders haven't come through. And I want them to come through. There's a lot in that to, to unpack. And to be honest, I'm going to hand that over to the people listening. I think ask questions, get back to us and let us know what your reaction to that is, how you, how it makes you feel. What questions do you have for Afalabi about his early days uh, in his entrepreneurial journey? The one question that I would ask you, just to give a little bit of context, and you've touched upon it a little bit already, but it's, why was it so important for you to go to the post office every day? Why couldn't you just accumulate orders and then make a journey every couple of days? It depends on your standard. What standard are you setting? for your brand, for your company? Will people order from you and receive it a week later? Or will they order from you and be surprised that they receive it the following day? If they do receive it the following day, after receiving your reply to their email three hours later, you have an ambassador for your company. They will tell others, yeah, I received the next day. They will now know that when they get that urge for your products, when they don't really need it, they can actually order because they'll get it the following day. You're increasing your sales. And you, you have to see it as an opportunity to develop that relationship with your customers to say, this is my promise to you. Your customer doesn't know your mission statement. They don't know your vision statement. They are only going to know the way you treat them. Do you reply quickly? Do they get their products quickly? Love it. And I completely agree. Uh, start as you wish to continue. And... Yeah look at the levers that you can pull which will make you stand out from the crowd um most successful businesses aren't just successful because they manage to get you to buy from them most successful businesses are successful because they get you to buy from them multiple times you keep coming back um on that note we and this is not to boast i remember sending a message to the team <clears throat> earlier this week and I highlighted a woman who'd purchased 47 times um, our average order values around now around 160 pounds my message to the team was what can we do for clients like this and I always refer to them as clients not customers I wanted mm -hmm. to refer them as, cl to, as clients because I want that personal touch the connotation of clients is someone that you'll have a personal relationship with they will come back to you customers are fickle I believe she has purchased 47 times because she first purchased during my old routine, not my current routine. I got her through the immediate response to emails. I got her through the immediate dispatch. If I didn't, would she have stayed? Hypothetically, has she brought other people? Probably. Almost definitely. And also hypothetically, with 47 orders, have all of those orders been delivered and dispatched in the, at the standard that you would hope? Probably not. There's probably been a few times where she may have been a little disappointed with the outcome. Maybe the delivery took a bit longer, which is out of her hands. Maybe what she received wasn't exactly what she wanted. Mistakes happen. Now, when you have a loyal customer like that, they are actually willing to work with you through any mistakes and maybe through all of those 47 there have been no issues whatsoever but what i'm saying is that now if there was an issue any issue whether it was she received the wrong parcel whatever it might be with 47 times uh of of, of purchases with that level of engagement and loyalty you can work with her in order to solve her problem um yes. 
and she will work with you. The chances are is that she now feels so much a part of the brand that she will tell you if, for example, and we have this from time to time, if, for example, there are other brands, other companies trying to rip off your marketing campaign or rip off yeah. your, your logo or something, they will call you up or they will email you and say, did you know that there's this Instagram page that's trying to steal your pictures? And yeah. I love that because that demonstrates quality relationship building. It's crucial. Absolutely. So we've, we've, we've spoken about your, your journey and how your routine today is very different from your routine five years ago. And as I said, people, if you've got any questions, fire them in because I think we could definitely touch on this again. But what I want to talk to you about is how, how you managed the people in your life with respect to the amount of structure in your, your day, the amount that you have to produce, the amount of productivity you must deliver, but also just the amount that you're being stretched. How do you then go and interact with all of the people, whether it's your career, whether it's your social life, whether it's LVH, how do you make sure that that's done in an optimal way? So, so first of all, I want to talk about your career. So when um, the people within the uh, educational institution that you support, uh, when, when, when they hired you initially, they hired you because of your excellence in education. They didn't know that they'd be also taking on somebody who was an entrepreneur. Um, mm. So what is that relationship like? How do you communicate with them? How do you get them on side um, when it comes to you being a, uh, a, a professional at work, but also an entrepreneur? I think it's clarity and honesty. Your line manager needs to know. Now that for some people might be a bit frightening, but they, they really do need to know what you also do. For some, they might question you like, oh, why are you doing that? And that questioning might come from a space of, you're meant to do a nine to five. That's what I've done. That's what my dad did. You can enjoy your weekends, enjoy your evenings. But let them know so that they can then see that there isn't a drop in your output at work. You are not letting them know so that they can give you allowances to be subpar. You are letting them know so that at any point if it's flagged, and there are many times where some institutions and corporations, they will ask you if you have any other vested interests. So you can raise that just in case there are conflicts of interest. Once they know, they will be able to <clears throat> actually qualify you as someone who's credible mm. someone who actually is still able to do this but is a company director because that's what you should be and um, you've built your business in 30 days you've incorporated so in reality yes it might seem like you're a sole trader because you're doing so much on your own but you are officially a company director and that's where you're presenting yourself i am a I direct this company this company does this and um, do you have any questions because you want to get to the point where, in reality, you may be responding to one or two messages a day. At most, you only have to deal with the higher level queries, or you're posing out questions. There's a question which I made a note of, which I'll send to the team tomorrow, and it's a question for us to explore. But you want that clarity. It's important that they know in terms of work. How soon do you think somebody should mention that? So let's say you've got an idea for a business. You don't know whether it's going to be a profitable business. Is it worth mentioning at this at that stage? Or would you recommend waiting until your business has some level of legitimacy before speaking to uh, people within your, your career? I'm starting to love the how to build a business in 30 days. Because my answer to that question now is once you've gone past step five and you've incorporated that's when you should mention it to them. Agreed. Um, I think those steps are now steps which I'm going to really tattoo into the forefront of my mind. Yeah. Because in every conversation, we should be referring you to one of them. If you've mm. missed one, well, that's the source of your problem. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Find out what you're missing. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I, I spoke to my fiance about that 
um, quite recently. I won't go into detail, but she's got a business and she was talking about the amount of sales that she's made and how she wants to make more. And I just said, have you done step 10? She's like, I'm working on it. I'm like, oh, that's your problem then. Um, so yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It definitely makes a difference to, to have that as a, as a framework that people can look at. And if you don't know what mm. step 10 is, you need to go back and find out what step 10 is. I'm not telling you yes. on, on this episode. Um, so, we, so we've talked about the professional side of your career, but there's also a personal slash social element that you also need to navigate as well. So with that, you've got relationships, friends, family, partners, how do you navigate with them the idea that, okay, well, I've got a full-time job, a career, which takes the, the, the takes out the bulk of my day, but I'm also getting up before work and working after my, my nine to five to fulfill the objectives within my, my side hustle, which means that it's gonna severely impact our time together. What you shouldn't do is what I initially did, which is I, I let people know that I was doing it, but I didn't really know to even let them know. I didn't let them know the costs because you need to agree on the cost. Mm. What is this going to cost you as a group? Because it will cost time. And how are you going to mitigate this? Will you? actively seek someone to fish you out on certain situations because you will be so engrossed in what you're doing because you will need that find that person i didn't do that i, I lost I, I learned every win there is loss and i lost so much during that period in terms of relationships um, in terms of my, my physical health and if i was to go back i would have identified key stakeholders key people and said, okay, this is what I'm doing. I, I know you've offered to help me and I've turned it down, but the way I actually need your help is to check in on me mm. and ensure that I attend that meetup. Mm. Make sure it happens. Come to my house. That might sound silly, but when you are doing this, you, you realize that every sale, every day is critical. You have just given birth to a business and I love comparing businesses to, to infants because it's it's the most ideal comparison that infant is a day from death every day if it's not taken care of mm. um, I don't want to get morbid but it's too late imagine what happened we're, if we're there now we're, we've gone down <laughs> okay. to, listen we've, we've gone down a one way street we can't you turn listen <laughs> this, all we can do is accelerate let's do it it's if, if, if an infant isn't fed for, for 48 hours, what, what do you think is going to happen? They're not taken care of. If they don't have that, that the touch, natural touch, caring, thoughts. So you need to do that for your business. And as a result of you doing that for your business and knowing that you need to do that for your business, you're no longer looking back. And looking back is looking to friends, partners, family. So ensure that you reach out to people. Let them know what's happening. Um, have a calendar. Let them know what the calendar is so that they can ensure that there are rubber stamp points where your mental health is being served and you're meeting up with people to do nothing. Because yeah. you might be thinking, well, what are you doing? No, no, no. The, the question isn't what you are doing, it's why you're doing it. Yeah. It could be that you're just meeting in the park to sit on the grass. Do it. And, and if, if you don't necessarily understand the value of why you're doing it just remember that the creativity that you need to keep growing your business comes from rest and it may be literally the conversation that you have while sat on the, in on on the grass in a park which actually allows you to identify a new stream of revenue um yes. the amount of times that i've recently had conversations with people during meetups about investing opportunities or um, new streams of income. Uh, yeah, we are middle class. Let's just accept it. But um, it, it's, it's ridiculous. And this is because, you know, when you're surrounded by people who just spark that creativity and you'll give you that hunger again, it just makes you want to go away and build. I love catching yes. up with friends because 
it does reinvigorate me to actually go back and build again, especially when they're doing some amazing things. Mm. So, so I mean, that is really a key point that I want people to, to go away with here, the importance of just making sure that your support network is, is tended to and that you don't isolate yourself during this journey. Um, and also making sure that your priorities are clear. And you have to be honest with yourself about priorities. And sometimes your priorities might even conflict with your values, but you have to look at why they might be conflicting. So for example, you might say my biggest priority, so you might say that my values are about family and friends. And I think a lot of people can agree with that. But if you look at the amount of time that you're committing to value, family and friends, versus the amount of time that you're committing to your business then it's going to indicate what your priority is and i know that's hard for people to hear but it's something that people need to accept very early on priorities change but what is your priority right now and sometimes people think that they can communicate with you and tell you something that isn't true but you will know so if you're with somebody who says, you know, hanging out with you is my priority, but they're never hanging out with you, then there's something there. So if you're telling your friends and your family or your partner, you know, you are the priority of my life. You are the most important thing to me right now. And I am prioritizing us over everything. But your actions say otherwise, then they are going to feel that incongruence and they're not going to appreciate it. What's actually more realistic and more helpful for those people is to say, listen, I love you. You are super important to me. You're one of my best friends, whatever it is. But right now I need to focus on this. Believe it or not, people will absorb that information so much better than the falsities of I am prioritizing you. We've seen it on both ends. And we mentioned Menas earlier. Menas has a three year hiatus. She disappeared. She disappeared. She went up the mountain. Yep. And rightly so. And I imagine, I'd love to hear her take on this, but I imagine that there were some people who didn't understand it. Mm. But I know from our standpoint, we were rooting her on when she could not hear us rooting her on because she was that far up the mountain. 100%. Because we knew the necessity of it. It's for a season. Now that raises the point of, have you ensured that it's going to be for a season? Mm. But yeah, common message there is do not lie to your friends and families because they'll be able to see through your lies and then they will become less trusting of what it is you say. If your priority is, this is what I need to grow right now, then do it. Nobody should be judging you for committing time to yourself for a short period of time. But the importance there is there needs to be an end goal. And it needs to be a measurable end goal. So if we talk about Menas again, her goal was, I need to qualify as a solicitor. That was the goal. So there was clearly a point at which things changed. And when it did, guess what? She was back uh, to her old school ways of, of organizing uh, semi-illegal gatherings in the park. Um, but, but that's what people need. People need to be able to trust what you say and rely on what you say because the last thing you want to become when you're on your entrepreneurial or career journey is unreliable because that's how you alienate yourself further if you need to go to the mountain go to the mountain and as Afalabi said just make sure it's a short period of time Definitely. now we've we've kind of delved into a lot of more higher level emotional uh, topics during the last 50 minutes or so now we need to wrap this up quite quickly but before we do i just want to give you some 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 breathing room just to highlight some of the more technical and specific elements of managing a business while working full-time that people can benefit from so I'll hand over to you to just close us out, really. But if you want to just give us some of the more technical 
logistical lessons that you've learned, then I think people could also value from that. Get get some value from that. Okay, okay. Um, in in this day and age, I'll, I'll definitely recommend that we all automate processes and leverage on technology. Now, by automating processes, you need to really think about your offering, your product, or your service. Um, giving tips for both. If, if you're a product, well, do you need to house your own stock? Um, if you think about Amazon, their, their warehouses are that large because they are housing other people's stock. Could you sh shift to drop shipping um, and potentially save yourself um, space in your home where stock is currently, or potentially space in an office which you're renting? So drop shipping is definitely an option. Um, if you are a service provider, could you leverage on technology. There are companies now which will allow you to actually outsource your customer service. And this is brilliant. So in, in, the, in the past, we have created documents with almost every single potential query that a customer could raise, handing that over to operation coordinators or operation um, managers so that they know the, the best responses. Well, if you, if you have that, and I imagine you probably don't, create that handbook because it's not always going to be you you want to bring someone else in eventually so they need to be able to almost adopt the system which you've created which is your mind and all the processes have that documented you're able to give that to a customer service company who they will provide a telephone number that your customers can call and they will give them those solutions working as if they are part of your in-house company. Um, this is and for a nominal fee, which is amazing. And for all queries that they cannot answer, they will direct them to send an email to you where someone will get back to them, which is you later on that day, which is fantastic because suddenly you have someone dealing with your customer service. Um, but if you have a website, which I imagine you probably do, there are so many bots, bots referring to um, almost apps which deal with live chat where again you can automate responses you've definitely seen them before because they are designed to look like a, there's a human behind it but there really isn't um, what they are is a wall which they hope they can answer your questions through these pre-designed responses and if they cannot once again it will then allow you to email them directly and they respond but what this does is, on average, it might cut out 50% of the queries you get. Meaning, when you're getting to the end of that day, and you know you've got to go through those, that barrage of messages, actually you're only going through ones which are a little bit more nuanced, and not the standard ones which you really have responses for. So I definitely recommend automating your processes and leveraging on technology currently. And also think about the, the people around you. You should not be doing this by yourself. You might not necessarily feel like you can hire someone else currently, but you, you can and you should. Um, who could potentially work for you during peak times? Often people feel like they cannot hire because they're, they're thinking about a full-time contract or even a part-time contract for like 16 hours. You might only need six hours. Who has six hours? Who is interested in earning extra income for six additional hours worth of work that they can do either remotely or in a designated space. When are the peak times where you need someone to do something? When are the peak times that you need someone to deliver something, either the dispatching of parcels? When are the peak times where you want someone to do a customer service? It might be that you only want someone to do it at a specific time every single day. I want someone to respond to all messages at 3 to 4 p.m. that have come through during that entire day. Because I know, actually, they'll do the bulk of them. And at 7pm, I only have to spend 20 minutes going through the others. And once again, all messages which go through from 7pm to 3pm the following day will be answered by that person. And you're paying that person an hour's worth of work. Is that £8, is that £9, is that £10, is it more? Could you afford that? Quite possibly, yes. Will you be buying back your time? Most definitely. One, for your mental health. Two so that you can continue leading and thinking about where your company should be going in the future. So these are just a couple practical steps that you can take as a startup, as an entrepreneur, someone who's doing this whilst working full-time to ensure that one, 
you're not stressed, but two, you're still growing your child, your business. This business is being fed. You need as many hands on it as soon as possible. And it is possible if you're clever with the hours, know your peak hours. Absolutely agree. And one thing that I think resonated with me as you spoke was just the importance of actually identifying what type of business you're trying to build on the side and when it, wh whether it is actually conducive to a side hustle. Not every business is conducive to a side hustle, especially service oriented businesses, which require a lot more emphasis on your relationship with your customers. Yes. Um, so really ask yourself that question. Um, you know, is this business that I'm trying to build actually conducive as a side business? Maybe you're actually operating it as a side business and it's not very successful. And that's because really the only way to make this business successful is by doing it full time. It's worth consideration and it doesn't necessarily mean you have to quit your job if you believe in that business idea, but it does potentially mean that you do what Afalabi said, maybe bring somebody on who is able to commit full-time hours to that vision, somebody you believe in and somebody that you trust. Um, because a lot of people quit their businesses because they think that their businesses weren't productive or successful, whereas what the actual answer was just the fact that they weren't able to commit the amount of time that that business needed think about it once again like a child what and yet what if you had a child who had you know significantly more needs because of a yeah just just that that child was a more needy child than others for instance some children they're more com completely comfortable just you know leave them on, on on their own and they'll entertain themselves and then there are other children who are incredibly needy um, those two children might both grow up to be amazing uh, people, amazing uh, contributors, but one child at the early stages was just a little bit more or even a lot more needy. And that meant you, you had to maybe go to part-time hours so that you could look after that child. It's exactly, well, it's not exactly the same, but it's very similar when it's your business. No two businesses are the same. And some businesses are going to be more needy of your time than others. Last thing I want to mention or talk about before we disappear is just something that I think is a really important point to even end on, which is the importance of celebrating wins. And you Celebrate mentioned all that. wins, more milestones. Mm. So talk, talk to me about that. It's something which I didn't do. Um, expensive lessons is called expensive lessons for a reason. For a reason. Now, the lesson might not be expensive because you've lost £80,000. It might be expensive because you lost a relationship. A relationship isn't the same. Or an, or an interest isn't the same. There's something you loved, but you just don't love it as much. There's a skill that you had, but that, that hobby wasn't fed. Identifying your milestones. What will be successful? You have decided to go into maybe stationary or potentially you're producing novelty cards. Are you going to celebrate when you make your 10th sale? You should do. You should celebrate your first, celebrate your 10th. You should then celebrate when you're having five per month. Create these milestones. Have something to look forward to and really celebrate it. Now, I don't mean go to the Ritz or the Savoy, but I mean... Do something which you would love. Um, be around the, the, your loved ones. Have a great meal. And the focus is just on, you know what? I was once here, now I'm here. It's incredible. Like People are actually trusting, five people are trusting in one month for this product. It's crucial for our mental health because progress, as I learned from Tony Robbins, leads to happiness. Yes. Like, think about when you are happy. And when I, when I really delved into this, I realized it's, it's always true. Happiness is always because of progress. You're making progress in terms of the amount of time you're having on something. You're making progress in terms of how much money you're making. You're making progress in terms of your health targets. But we are happy when we're making progress. And thus, we need to know what progress looks like. So those milestones will help us to say, okay, you know what? We're, we're doing something good here. It will release those endorphins. And... 
fuel you for the next round. It's a beautiful point to end on. And my challenge to everybody listening is you've got a week ahead. And in that week, you can make some progress. Now, I don't want you to just think about progress in your business. I want you to think about progress in your relationship, progress in your career, uh, progress in your social life. What are you going to do to achieve success, progress in an area that you really care about? Write it down, make it happen. Bro, that's another one. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Um, I, I enjoyed that one and I really hope that it helps people who are currently doing this because this is real. Many people will be creating businesses whilst working full time. It is possible. There's a great deal of sacrifice involved, but people have done it. So learn from their mistakes, learn from their successes. Absolutely. Guys, we will catch you next week. This has been another episode of Expensive Lessons where company directors talk to you about the fruits of their labor and sometimes break down in tears or laughter because of how stressful this journey has been. We'll catch you next week. Catch you next week. Take care, people.